0: At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today we invite you to tune into our current series, Built for More, Church Beyond the Weekend, where we will see what the Psalms teaches us about how life is enriched when we live and serve in community with our church family. Return to the book of Psalms and allowed someone else's inspired expression of praise and worship become mine as the as the word of God began to flood over me. And God's word began to purify those thoughts. And I, I was able to push those thoughts aside. God's word does that. It transforms our mind. We've been called to do that, to, to don't be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I began to experience that on that on that terrible morning. Um, but i found, even in my study this week, that there's another response. That personal response is so good that we need to do when, when those thoughts of disaster start raging. The personal response of going to God's Word and asking Him to filter those thoughts through what His Word says. But I also see in Psalms that there is a community response that we're to do when those thoughts of doom begin to hit us. And that's what Psalm 124 is. This is another one of those Song of Ascents um, uh, or the Songs of Pilgrims, Pilgrimage. There's actually 15 of them in the Psalms that are subtitled A Song of Ascent. These are songs and poems that were recited or sung as the people were traveling to Jerusalem on those one of three feast days, when if you were able, as a Jewish person, you were commanded to come to Jerusalem, come to the temple. And so as they would come, they would many of the times sing these songs. Uh, there's also a tradition that there's, there's 15 steps leading from the court of the Gentiles to the court of women. And there's a tradition that the Orthodox Jews would, as every time they took a step up those stairs, they would recite one of the Song of Ascents. And then the next step, they would recite the next one. Um, if you look at the Song of Ascents, most of them are short, um, eight verses or less, except for one. There's one that's 15 uh, verses, and so that's the, that's the really faithful people that memorize that one right? Um, But that's what these psalms were written for, and that's how they were used. As on your way to Jerusalem, you could recite these things. And we see in Psalm 124, this reoccurring theme in these psalms of ascent, these songs of ascent. The theme is God's faithfulness. That as you come to Jerusalem, as you come as a faith community, that it's so good and healthy to recite One another and to yourself, God's faithfulness. And as we look at this, I think we'll see, we'll be able to conclude that with God on our side, we have nothing to fear. With God on our side, we have nothing to fear. Would you say that with me? With God on our side, we have nothing to fear. You'll see that. Let's read this psalm together if you can see. Uh, this on the screen. Can you read that? Let's read it out loud together. Here we go. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now there's three things I'd like to just point out in our time this morning from this psalm. First of all, this psalm says we should ponder the favor of God. As a faith community, as people of faith, we should take time to ponder how God has shown his favor to us. This psalm is interesting. It goes back to the past and rehearses God's deliverance. But in an interesting way, it reimagines what could have been if God hadn't helped us. It says if God hadn't helped us, this terrible thing would have occurred. Now, as I, as I described earlier, we're really good at imagining differently. Right? We, we're good at imagining future disaster. Some sociologists call that catastrophizing. What I described in that middle of the night experience for three hours, I was catastrophizing. I was imagining, oh no, this is where we're headed. This is my future. Doom, destruction, failure. I'm so good at that. The psalmist says, actually, there's something better. Reimagine the past as if God hadn't delivered and compare that to what is. Just think, if God had not been there. The, the, he writes, we could have all been swallowed up alive, but we weren't, because God was there. We, we could have drowned in the flood, mm. but we weren't. We could have been eaten alive, but we weren't. Why? Because the Lord was on our side. And so that kept that disaster from happening as you look to the past. I mean, and think about the Jewish people, right, historically, as they're going to Jerusalem. Think about their history. The book of Exodus describes their beginning of their journey as, as Hebrew people, and how they lived in Egypt, and Joseph uh, was highly favored, and so they found sanctuary there. They were saved from the famine, but then there rose a king that didn't know Joseph and became threatened by the Hebrew people and put them under slavery, and for 400 years they lived in slavery to the point in extreme where the one Pharaoh said, I'm tired of these people. Let's. Kill every boy. What if he succeeded? But he didn't. The story continues as they were delivered from, from slavery and as they wandered, they encountered the Midianites and the Amorites and the Moabites. And once they settled in the land, they had the Philistines and, and all these other groups of people that wanted their destruction generation after generation of Hebrew people were sought to be destroyed by other people, but they weren't. You think of Esther and her story, right? I mean, what, the big disaster that she was facing as a queen is that the king had just decreed that if you don't like Jewish people, you can kill them without any legal recourse. You can just kill them, wherever they are. Just find them and kill them. You, you have this many days to do that. What if that worked? But it didn't. So as, you're, as, you're, as Jewish people heading up to Jerusalem, you're singing, man, we could have been killed. We could have drowned. We could have been eaten up. But we weren't because the Lord's on our side. And now, now today, here we are in Algonac, right? And, you know, very few have much Jewish blood. And so you're thinking, well, yeah, that's ancient history. But ancient history is for personal history. Right is to help us think godly. To learn how they're thinking. Here's a good way to think. And maybe you didn't even think about this before, but here's a good way to praise God. It, we have scriptural implication for this. Reimagine what could have been if God hadn't. All those disasters that could have, you know, the car accident that almost happened. Whoa, Whew. That was close. Then we go on our life and forget all about that. Don't forget that. We sit here today. I'm married 31 years to this beautiful woman, Nancy. Just imagine those other toxic relationships I was in before I met Nancy. Just imagine what could have been. Oh, it wasn't. Praise God. All the temptations I had to step into sin Scenes, the drug scene the alcohol scene the um, you know financial disaster decision get rich, rich quick opportunities all these things that I could have stepped into but didn't praise God all these things that God in his grace even when I wasn't even aware it was him I can see it was how do i know that because i can look around and see people that are you know no worse than me and they god didn't and they encountered disaster you think of the hebrew people in their history and how various people like the philistines where are they do you know any philistines today How about Moabites? Know any of them? All these people didn't have God on their side. But the Hebrew people said, but we did. And we can continue to exist. We are people of faith believing in that one true God. That we can embrace this reality. That fatal illness that could have hit me but didn't, praise God. That disaster that was almost there the addictions that could have formed, the arrests that could have been made but didn't, because how many here have never broken the law? Okay, the tickets that could have been written but weren't. Some of you have clean driving records. Why? Because you never speed. Nope. Because you never park further than 12 inches from the curb. (laughs) Nope. It's only by the grace of God. So a good exercise, according to the psalm, is to rehearse God's faithfulness in His prevention of disaster. Amen. Where God, in His grace, grabs me, it moves me a better, to a better place, and it guides me into truth. Even the disasters that start to hit our life, and we've had them, I mean, we, we all have disasters that we experienced, but we can even look back to those and see that actually God's hand was on me then. Yeah, I think of Joseph and his example. Joseph had a rough life, didn't he? His brothers hated him, and so they sold him as a slave. Potiphar took him to his household, and he started to have some success as a slave, if he, there is such a thing. And then he was falsely accused. He got thrown into the dungeon. Started to have some success, if you can have success in the Pharaoh's dungeon. Um, he was promised deliverance, and then that promise faded away, and he was left to rot, forgotten. Finally, was rescued. He looked back on that experience when his brother said, oh no, now that he's found us, he's going to kill us. But that's not what he said. Joseph had this ability to look back and rehearse those things, even those disasters, and say, yet the Lord was on my side and he delivered me. He could say to his brothers, what you intended as evil for me, God used it for good. Rehearsing God's faithfulness, even when disaster starts to hit, and we can say, and yet it could have been so much worse if God had not been on my side. Verse 6. Verse 6 says, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth, We see the psalmist saying, we should praise God for his protection. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. So this is this metaphor of a bird who is about to be caught in a trap set by the hunter, but he was delivered. Somehow he wiggled out of that. I had a friend who was part of the Audubon Society in Port Huron. And I went into his room where he had all these uh, photo albums and pictures of all these birds that he snared and then banded. And then he was able to track through the Audubon Society their migration patterns and such things. And took me back to his back property and he showed me some of the snares that he had in his, in his acreage. There, was, there were these nets that were made of these tiny strands, almost like spiderweb. Smaller than fishing line and almost invisible unless the sun was shining on it just right. And what he would do, birds would fly into the snare and he would go and he would pull, he would un- unravel that bird and then band it and then release it So for, for the protection and preservation of that species. And that's a little different here. The fowler here was not part of the Audubon Society. <laughs> he was not looking to maintain a, or to learn or study the species. He was looking to eat. Right, So he was, this fowler was trying to capture these birds so he could devour the birds. And the psalmist says, I'm a bird. And there's snares all around me. Blessed be the Lord who's kept me from the snare. That snare, that word snare, is used several times. like... Twelve different ways a snare is used to illustrate um, different, different um, tactics of the enemy or different uh, trips that we could step into. Uh, in, in Exodus, it talks about the snare of idolatry that in in those times and us today we can easily get caught up into worshiping something than the one true God. There's the snare of wrong alliances of joining together with business partners uh, that you think are men or women of integrity, but you learn they're not. There's the snare of evil schemes where you buy into this lie that, eh, we can, we can you know justify some dishonesty and go there. That's a snare that's going to catch you. You're going to pay for that. There's the snare of our own words. Wow, have we ever got caught there? Where in the moment it seemed like, oh, this is going to work. And so you say it. And it's powerful and it's sharp and it's going to cut and it's going to heal. Huh. It doesn't heal nothing. It divides and it hurts and you, your relationship that you had was left in shambles because the, our words can be a snare. Rash vows, empty promises. Proverbs 6 says that sexual, sexual seduction is a snare. And how that's just so, especially in our culture, it's right outside our door. It's inside our house. Those snares are less than an arm's length away, and it can catch us and hurt us deeply. Dishonest gain, friendship with an angry person. Solomon warned, "Don't make friends with angry people because it's a snare." And some of us have felt that. Doggone it. Some of us have been that snare. Some of us have been caught up in anger and you know how many lives have been hurt by us. A snare is the fear of man. Fear of man is a snare to the soul. Desire to be rich is a snare to the soul. Blessed is the Lord who has spared us from many of them. Who's kept us from heading into that place that the enemy had laid trapped in. It looked like it was clear sailing, but we could get caught up in that so easily if it hadn't been for God. It's not my goodness. It's not my smarts that kept me from many of them. Nope. The only credit can go to the Lord. That's the only reason I can stand today where I am because of the grace of God. We can praise him for freeing us from the danger that we were in. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right? There are these guys that said, no, we're not going to be bought into the snare of idolatry. We're going to stand when the king told us to bow and worship that idol. We're not going to do that. And so the king of Babylon says, if you don't, you go into the furnace. And they said, well, God is able to deliver us from the furnace, but if not, we will not bow to a false god. And God delivered them. Think of... Jonah, here's here's where we struggle. What about Jonah? Here's a guy, who caused his disaster? He did. His disobedience. Sometimes that's where I struggle. I believe in God's grace to keep me from things that aren't my fault, but what about those times when it is my fault? And I deserve disaster. Disaster. That's what the, that's, that was the imagining about two or three weeks ago that I was going through. All these things I can point back to my failures. That's why it's so hard to get past. Is yeah, I, I know God is faithful. I know he'll deliver me, but not when I cause the problem. But Jonah's story tells me, yes, he does. God's grace steps in to problems we caused and can deliver us from what we caused. Glory to God for that. Because His grace is kindness beyond what we deserve. Thirdly, verse 8 says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So we put our trust in God for our present difficulties. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Two things I want to make sure we see in this. First of all, it says our help. And I didn't, I didn't emphasize this as much as I should as we, as we got started. Our help is in the name of the Lord. That's what the psalm calls us to sing. It's just not my help. Our help. This is the plural pronoun all throughout this psalm. It's, it's us and it's we and it's our. It's me and my and also, but it's also us and our and we. And this is one of the reasons why we gather together. This is why the the author of Hebrews said, so don't forsake assembling yourselves together because you need time to gather with others to say our help is from the Lord because you're going to get these thoughts that will pound your mind, maybe in the middle of the night. You can't shake them, but you can gather together regularly to say actually the truth is The Lord is on our side. He will fight our battles. We're not in in this alone. And even the disasters that we have caused, God's grace can deliver us. And so we gather together often because we need someone else to say it. Because sometimes I'll believe God's word when you say it, not just when I say it. That's one. That's 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 why we encourage life groups. That's why I hope everybody in our campus would be a part of a life group because that's a time when you can be a little more open, a little more honest with one another, and there's times where we can admit, I'm really struggling, and here's a safe community of people that would gather around and say, that's okay. I've been there, and maybe not exactly there, but here's God's word. It's true. We found this to be true. And they can remind you, remember the past danger you had? And you you had the same thoughts of doubt why is God going to be different here? He's going to deliver. It's what he loves to do. So that's one thing. Notice the our and we in us. Secondly, notice the is. Our help is. So yes, it's a good exercise to look back and say our help was. But the reason we look back is so we can say it now that our help is in the Lord our God. Trusting is a choice. Trusting is a choice. It's not a feeling. Feelings hopefully will come, but it's, to, it's, it's always a choice. Am I going to choose to trust God in this situation too? There's other options that we can go to, but trusting God is always the right and the best. Psalm 20 verse 7 It says, some will trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Some will trust in my job. Some will trust in my health. Some will trust in what the doctor says. Some will trust in what the news just said is going to happen to our economy. Some will trust in the president. If he can get in, boy, it's going to solve everything. Some will trust in all those things. And you have that choice. But the psalmist says, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And the psalmist is part of a people group that can continue to exist today while so many people groups have have failed and have disappeared from the face of this earth because the Lord is on their side. I think that's a good side to choose. Some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. The verse continues. Verse 8 says, they collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. That's what we want to do. Now, I want to close with something that I think is really, 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 really important. We've been talking about the disasters that God has kept us from. But I think we all have to admit that that there are those disasters that we caused. There's regrets that we live with today that we'd love to go back and change those decisions, but we can't. You know, we can talk about the addictions that I didn't have to face, and that's because of God's grace. And I know that there are some who live in those addictions. And and sometimes you wonder, well, God, why didn't you save me from that snare? Because you did other people, why didn't you save me? First of all, we all have our snares, right? Some are different than other people. We all have our battles. We all have our things that, maybe the besetting sin is what one way the Bible describes that. We all have our struggles. But here's the beautiful message of Jesus. His message is, it was because or in spite of your disasters you caused that God sent his son. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us here's another way this is with this is referred to this is in 1 first corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9 it's really really good news it sounds as it begins it sounds like really bad news but i want you to keep listening because the bad news is transformed to good news powerfully listen to this first corinthians 6 9 Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, or drunkards, or revilers, or swindlers, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But, here's the great news, but you have been washed. You have been sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. All of us have our disasters that we stepped into. The list is so broad. It puts greed in the same category of adultery. It puts the sexual immoral in the same category of revilers or swindlers. It says to us, all of us have caused disaster. We deserve God's wrath. But the reality is, because you've come to Jesus, You've been washed of that. That's not your identity anymore. You've been redeemed. It says you've been washed, you've been sanctified. In other words, you've been set apart, you've been made holy, and you were justified. You are declared as righteous in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not because now you're so good. It's because now you stand in the name of Jesus. And so when God looks at you, He doesn't see your goodness or your bad. He sees the goodness of Jesus because you've placed your faith in Him. That's deliverance. And that's why we gather together even today. That's why we sing a song of ascent (laughs) as we worship. That's why Eric had us sing those songs to praise the name of the Lord because he's cleansed us. He's sanctified us. He's justified us. We stand in him deserving of disaster, but trusting and confident in his deliverance. I don't know about you, but I love being a child of of God, child of the king. I can wake up from that terrible night and say, that's just not true. It's not. Because the Lord's on my side. And I don't know. I don't know the mind games. I want to talk to God one day. Well, God, why does does that happen in the middle of the night? Those thoughts can come to us that seem so real. Then you wake up and you filter through the Word and it's like, that's stupid. (laughs) Really? Why was I thinking that? Why did I conclude this? just because that might be true. Why did I conclude this? I don't know. Maybe it's to keep driving me back to his word. To say, I desperately need God. And without him, that's where I'll spiral. But with him, I can be launched out of that spiral into a higher trajectory for life and know him and serve him and trust him no matter what happens. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know. I don't know, maybe, maybe you're in a, a time when you have those thoughts. Maybe that's what drove, drove you here today. Is that, yeah, my decisions keep heading me down the wrong road. You just need to hear from God's Word that He is here. He wants to deliver. He wants to restore you. Maybe you've come out of a difficult week. Maybe you're heading into a difficult week. Maybe it's a week, a month from now. I don't know. But we're all going to face those times where those thoughts of disaster will come And that's a time, a good time, to rehearse, well, wait a second, what disasters threatened me before? How has God delivered me? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the chance we have to just meditate on your word, to, Lord, embrace a truth that's stronger than our thoughts, To embrace timeless truths that have never failed. To confront, Lord, those thoughts and those lies that the enemy pulls against us. I Thank you, Lord, that as a spiritual family we can come together and we can remind one another of what is right and what is true. I'm mostly thankful that your grace continues to be extended to us Lord there may be people here that need to just feel you watch over them to say you are they are loved they're valuable they're forgiven and they're yours maybe they need the arms of brothers and sisters to go around their shoulders to say yep and let's walk in this truth together maybe there's some proud here Lord those of us that maybe start thinking that it's because of our goodness that we are where we are today we forget we've forgotten that it's only by your goodness and your grace that grabbed us out of the path of disaster and set our feet on a rock Lord we thank you for humble us deepen our gratitude to you Lord we love you so much Tune our hearts to sing your praises. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.